My name is Philip Clark, founder and CEO of Enable Specialties Planning. If you want to learn about how to define your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to More Than the Corporate Podcast with my good friend, Amber Herman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. Today I have Philip Clark. Philip is the founder and CEO of Enable Special Needs Planning. They help families across the country plan for an abundant life for their loved one with special needs. His unique view of what special needs planning should be comes from the impact that his younger sister, who has Down syndrome, has had on his life. He believes that special needs planning should be focused on allowing loved ones to feel fulfilled, purposeful, and impactful lives today and every day in the future. I had a really good time speaking to Philip and his experiences and his passion and his mission for making sure that families can plan for what's going on with their special needs child was absolutely amazing. And we dug into so many great topics that I can't wait to share with you. Really quickly, before we jump into this, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Define Your Life Mastermind. If you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, I just need to keep insert whatever you think is going to make you happy here, losing weight, working hard, building my career, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do, yet life isn't turning out the way you expected. If it seems like something is missing despite others telling you how successful you are, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is what does success mean to you? And as I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into the life that you want and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone to live this vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you reach your goals. And without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Philip. Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. I am really excited to have you here. And we just heard in your intro that you are the founder and CEO of Enable Special Needs Planning. And I'm super intrigued by this. This is an area that really just in awe of people that are able to show up in this space because it requires so much patience and love and just an understanding of like human behavior. So I'm sure that you and your team kind of experience that as well with the people that you work with, but I just wanted to say thank you for what you do before we get started. I appreciate it. It's definitely a passion of mine and it, it goes back to family experiences and knowing so many families. And this is uh, a passion. I'm lucky that I have the ability to live out my passion while serving other families and, and really helping people along the way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I find that most of the things that people do that really make that huge impact and they get to say that it's something that they really love doing has that tie to a family or a personal experience. So that always helps. While we're on that topic, let's go ahead and go back a little bit and talk about what it was like for you growing up. What did you think your life was going to look like when you were like in high school age? What did you have planned for your future? That's a good question. You know, my sister, Sarah, who uh, is now 31 years old, uh, she has Down syndrome and she really shaped my entire life. And she's such a blessing to me and my family and our community. But from a young age, I was always such a proud big brother. I always wanted to support her and be involved in what she was part of. I always was very protective of her and knew that no matter what happened, I would always be there to support her. Those were weird thoughts to have as a young kid looking back on that. But, you know, I always knew that I was going to be there to support her. And I knew that whatever I did with my life, I wanted to work with families that were much like my own or work with individuals with special. I was always involved with her Special Olympics and, and different activities she was involved in. So she really has shaped my path into what I'm doing today. Is it just the two of you? Is she your only sibling or do you have other family? I'm the oldest. She okay. is the middle sibling and we have a younger, youngest sister, uh, Grace, who we're all four years apart. Okay. And your family, your parents, before your sister blessed your life, did they have any experience in special needs or was that kind of how that training started for them? That was really the, the beginning. We lived in a very small farming community and there weren't many individuals with special needs in our community. And so I think my mom had an ex, had a next door neighbor, a schoolmate who had Down syndrome, but Sarah was really the first experience we had as a family my parents had with, with special needs. There's so many misperceptions when it comes to dealing with individuals with special needs and, and the best way to approach that from an educational and a life development standpoint. So for you, how did you end up in this space where you help people plan for that? So I saw the need uh, from just conversations that my family had growing up of what the future would look like for Sarah. Uh, especially if my parents were no longer here. And I knew that that was such a important decision that and conversation that we had as a family to make sure that there was a plan. And so after I graduated from college, that's the direction that I wanted to go with my career. But I found early on in my career that the special needs planning industry was very different than what I had imagined it to be and what I'd hoped it to be. It was only focused on helping families answer that question of what happens if and when the parents are no longer here. And as I mentioned, that's an important conversation that every family must have. But I looked at that from a proud big brother standpoint, and I said, no, I believe that planning should be focused on allowing my sister and allowing the individuals that we're planning for to live out their unique life of purpose and impact and finding fulfillment in what they're doing every single day, not just focused on what happens if my parents aren't here in the future. Yeah, that's an, a really interesting thing for you to bring up because this conversation of doing what you're meant to do and kind of rolling with the punches and having the ability to pivot and take your life in the direction that you're supposed to in order to make an impact, that's really relevant when it comes to this issue of special needs children because nobody plans to have a special needs child there, you know, and everybody that I talk to about them ends up talking about how big of a blessing it is to have them in, in their lives for 
one reason or another, but this idea of pivoting and being able to adjust and being able to live out your purpose when everything doesn't come out as planned is so relevant in the space that you're in. It goes, it goes back to the, the purpose piece and the blessing piece that you and I both mentioned. And that's, you know, you can look at life in a couple of different ways, right? You can look at the limitations in anything that we're doing. We can look at the limited mindset piece that sometimes the world wants to push us into, or we can look at the abundance that life has to offer for all of us. And I find that so many families who have a loved one with special needs, oftentimes the world has told them everything that they won't be able to do. And we have a choice in that. Do we look at that and, and agree to that? Or do we look at the abundance of the opportunities that we can create for our loved ones and, and find ways that they can feel fulfilled and purposeful and they can be a blessing in everybody's life? Yeah, I love that. So you realized that this planning for um, families wasn't quite what you thought the industry should be. And so you took matters kind of into your own hands and started Enable. How long ago did you do that? And how did that process look for you? So I, I jumped into the industry about 12 years ago and battled my industry for years, uh, just about me really being able to share my vision of what planning should be. And uh, for many different reasons, I just wasn't able to help families plan in the way that I believe it, it should be done. And so uh, five years ago, roughly, we, I just decided that it was time if we were going to make that change and if I was going to see planning uh, be done and having the conversations I knew needed to be had, it was something that I had to do on my own. And I had to take that risk and jump and, and create our organization to where we are today. I love it. Where do you think the big discrepancies come in or the differences in the way that thing, that you think things should be handled and kind of the way you see it? Do you think it's insurance related? Do you think it's just politically related or just a lack of knowledge? Like, where do you think the biggest discrepancies or differences come from? Yeah, I think there's a lot there. I think that with when you get with larger financial institutions, there's a lot of uh, compliance that has to be regulated. And I understand that compliance is a wonderful thing that protects the, uh, the, the clients and the end consumer from, you know, things that we've seen on the news before that, you know, really shouldn't have happened. And compliance is a great thing for that. But what they miss with that is the level of understanding and empathy that somebody who has lived it really understands what a family is needing. And it goes, it goes beyond the financial and legal planning components. There's so many other issues and components and planning conversations that need to be have that don't even don't even discuss and, and bring into consideration the financial and legal complaint components. And so that's the aspect that I have added to our special needs planning process. And how early do you get involved in the lives of, of parents to help them with planning? What's your level of involvement in like early stages with them? I tell families it's never too early to begin planning. And I say that for a couple of different reasons. Number one, if, we, if the focus of planning is to plan for an abundant future for our loved ones, it's never too early to start planning for that. It's never too early to start finding what are those unique abilities that our loved ones have that are going to allow them to live out this life of purpose and impact. And you know, it's never too early to start finding those opportunities that they have in there. Um, so that's one aspect of why it's never too early to start planning. But also, on the other hand of things, we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Life is fragile, especially during this COVID time. We've seen that life is very uncertain and we've always gotta be proactive in planning for the future because we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. And unfortunately, we, we have many conversations with families who 
have waited too long and they're planning out of a state of tragedy versus a state of abundance. And that makes the planning conversations and the, the possible solutions uh, very difficult to find at times. Yeah, I can definitely understand that that would be a concern, especially when people are coming to you and, you know, through no fault of their own, they don't know what they don't know. And you have all of these resources that could possibly help them. And they kind of start to see what life could have been like if they would have started earlier. And that has to be a frustrating place for them to be. Yeah, absolutely. So what type of services do you offer through Enable and how do you provide those to the client? So the services that we offer, it really comes back to those emotions that you were talking about. We often hear families tell us, I mean, every family who comes in tells us they feel overwhelmed, they feel frustrated, they feel confused and worried and afraid, and they ultimately feel stuck in their planning decisions. And that comes from many different, different ways. People are scared to look into the future because there's so many unknowns. Um, but there's also the, the so abundance of information. It's called Google, right? Google can be our friend or it can be our worst, worst yes. enemy because sometimes we can become paralyzed in uh, too much information and trying to figure out what's right for our family. So our entire scope of each of the five areas of planning that we guide families through is really designed to move people through the process so that they have, they can overcome those emotions that have stalled them in their tracks, but also gives them a hope for the future. And that hope piece is so important because so many families don't have a hope that their child can can live this life of purpose and impact and feel happy and fulfilled. Yeah, I love that so much because we only know what we're told. And so one of the things that really amazes me when I interact with anybody in a special needs capacity is their unwillingness or their almost inability to care what people think. And so just this unwillingness to be told that they can't do something, which they want to go out and, and live this, I'm going to use normal life, although I hate that word, but sure. you have these parents that have been told constantly, well, your child will never be able to do this. And when those two things are competing against each other, I would imagine that it actually inhibits the child's ability to grow or the individuals um, with special needs ability to actually reach their full potential. Sure, absolutely. Uh, mindset is so important in anything in life, but especially true when it comes to planning for our loved one's future, because what you, it goes back to that limited mindset. Uh, my parents were told that from the very beginning of all the things that Sarah wouldn't be able to do, and most families have been told that as well. And one of those things that doctors told my parents in their exact words was, most kids with Down syndrome usually don't learn to read, and you guys should expect the same. Now, this was 31 years ago, and education and understanding has changed since then, but today, Sarah now works in a second grade classroom, but one of her main duties in that classroom is tutoring the kids on their reading abilities. And so parents have a choice. What do we focus on? Because if my parents were to have gotten that news and heard that, that Sarah might never be able to read, and they should expect that, and they were, if they were to have accepted that as truth, I guarantee you she wouldn't be in a second grade classroom teaching kids to read right now. So it's all about the mindset and how, what we're focused on and what the, what the vision for that child's success looks like. Yeah, I 100% agree. And it's so crazy because I know those conversations go on all around the country, even today of what your child will or will not be able to accomplish in life. Um, but as we sit here and talk about it, like the fact that anybody would just accept those things as the fate for their child is completely unfathomable to me. Like we would never look at ourselves and be like, I guess like walking and readings, not for me. I'm just going to 
give up on that. And the fact that we do that for anybody else, because I think that this is such an important lesson for everybody to hear, regardless of your abilities, whether your special needs are full abled, is you never know what you're going to be capable of doing. And if you let yourself get in that spot where you tell yourself in advance, I'm not going to be able to do this, or you let other people tell you that, you you just never know what you're capable of. Sure. Yeah. Life is always presenting more and more opportunities and being able to push outside your comfort zone and (laughs) boundaries is important for everybody, but it's true for even, you know, my sister and, and the loved ones we have with special needs, but it's true for everybody. For sure. So your parents, what were their reactions when you decided that this was the path you were going to go? Are they involved in your business at all? Um, what, what is their role with you? They, um, I, I think they're proud of the direction that I went into and how I decided that I was going to serve. They saw the risk that I took in jumping out because there was a lot of people who told me, uh, this will never be successful. You will never be able to have a business model where your main intention is serving families um, and providing them hope for their child's future. Just, it just can't happen. And obviously my parents didn't buy into that, but they saw that there was a lot of risks that we were taking, but they also saw the passion that we had behind it. And they saw that how much Sarah had impacted my life. So I don't think they were surprised by this decision, but they have always been very supportive of what we're doing. That's amazing. And I really want to hone in on something that you just said, because so many people that listen to this podcast are either in the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey, or they haven't quite started it yet. And they're kind of stuck in that nine to five, but feel like there's something more. And people told you that this would never work. That thing is so powerful because I know there are a lot of people out there that keep asking for opinions from people around them for their business plans and their ideas, and they get shot down and they give up on it. And this is just a perfect perfect example of why you have to push through and just see your vision through to the end, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's always going to be those people who tell you you can't do it. But, you know, I think it's a combination of figuring out what you love and figuring out what the world needs and figuring out what you're good at and then figuring out how you can actually get paid for it. And if you can figure out those four pieces, It really comes down to passion and mission and vocation and profession. But if you can find that sweet spot, I don't think that anybody can tell you you can't do it because if you find that that purpose in your life, that really comes down to purpose. Finding that sweet spot in all of those leads to purpose and fulfillment. And if you can figure out those pieces, nobody can tell you it's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So this might be a hard question to answer. And if you're unable to answer it, I completely understand. Um, Do you have a story that kind of sticks out as like the ultimate success story from your um, clients that you've worked with, or just the situation where you saw somebody go from feeling broken or being told they weren't going to be able to do anything to living this wonderful life that kind of drives you every single day? I know you mentioned your sister, um, and I'm sure that, that that's a big one. Do you have one through your business that kind of drives you? Yeah. The thing I love most about our business is we're, we're celebrating the successes of families every single day, every single conversation that we have, we're pushing that envelope and pushing the boundaries. And and I'm constantly asking families, okay, this is an amazing milestone that we've just accomplished, but what's next? What can we do next? And how can we continue uh, evolving this great life that we're trying to plan for? And so there's so many stories that I have. I'm thinking back to, I had a presentation about three years ago and the the purpose of the presentation was to focus on the vision plan what's the vision for your child's great success 
And as I was getting up to the host introduced me and it was an out of town presentation. And before I began to speak, somebody about halfway back in the room raised her hand and she said, I just want to let you know, I don't have a hope for my child to live a great life. There's no hope. We've been told over and over again, he's not going to be able to do these great things that I see on your website. So that's just not for us. And it, it kind of made me take a step back because the whole next hour and a half was going to be focused on the vision and the purpose and finding fulfillment for our loved ones in, in our plans. And so I told her, I said, you know, I appreciate your honesty. I said, but I believe that each of us have a way that we can impact the world. And by impacting the world and making a difference in others' lives, that is going to lead to purpose and fulfillment to our lives. And I believe that your son is no different. Your son absolutely has the ability to impact the lives of others. And she kind of nodded along and crossed her hands. I know she didn't buy into it yet, but we had a great discussion within the group. The group was chatty and telling stories and sharing their, their um, challenges they were facing. They were being very vulnerable in what they were talking about. And she didn't discuss much during the presentation, which was fine. But at the very end, she raised her hand again, but this time with tears streaming down her face. And she told me, she goes, this is the first time that I have ever been hopeful for my child's future. She goes, we have so many challenges still that we have to overcome, but tonight is the first time that I have ever realized that my son can, can live a life that, that he feels happy with and fulfilled with. And so stories like that are just so impactful. And I love those change changes of mindsets. And that's really what I'm trying to do is change the perception, change the mindsets that our culture has, but also that families have in regards to the abilities that their, their children can have. Dude, with stories like that, how do you not have stock in Kleenex in your office? Cause like <laughs> I'm, so when I hear people talk about, um, feeling like there's no hope for anything in their life. Like I just get super emotional when I hear that because I know what that feels like to be in that spot. And I, I'm sure that, you know, you guys have heard that as well through, um, you know, trying to prove doctors wrong with your sister and with the clients that you work with. But whenever I hear somebody just so defeated and thinking that there's no hope in anything that they're doing, my heart just breaks for them because I know how that feels. And when you get to see them come to the other side of that, it's such an amazingly powerful transformation to watch. Sure, absolutely. Yes. How long was your presentation out of curiosity? At that event right there I was just talking yeah. about? It was probably 90 minutes with, uh, with Q&A, so. See, I love it. I love that that's the perfect example of the fact that you don't have to have this long, huge involvement in somebody's life to make a difference. Like every moment that you show up um, authentically with your purpose in mind and you're trying to get that positivity out into the world, you have the opportunity in an instant to make a difference in people's lives. And I think that that's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've haven't talked to that mom since she didn't decide to go through our program, which is fine. But I know that through those conversations that we've had, we've, we've impacted her and her family, but most importantly, uh, the trajectory of her child and, um, our loved ones have that ability to impact others too. You know, my sister has, has impacted our community in so many ways. And so it's fun to see how we can all impact the lives of others. And that's, again, that's, that's my vision and my definition of success is, how can we make a difference in the lives of others? And if we're finding ways that we can do that, that's successful to me. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love that you just mentioned that because that's a perfect transition into the second part of this podcast with the success segment. So that's normally the first question that I ask people. So since you just gave us your definition of success, I'm curious to know whether that has always been your definition of success or whether that has shifted for you throughout your life. I, I think that because Sarah was in my life since I was four years old, I've always been maybe a little more perceptive and maybe a little more sensitive to different things. Sarah has definitely changed my life. And so I've always wanted to do something that makes a difference in other people's lives. That's always brought me fulfillment, but it's definitely evolved over the years. I think early in your career, everybody, I don't mean to say everybody, but a lot of us, money and success in a career and moving up the ladder, that's what we've been told over and over again is what success looks like. And so I've had to I think it's through a lot of self-discovery and, and, and looking inside myself and what truly brings me joy and happiness, I was able to really find my true personal definition of what success is. Yeah, I definitely think that you're right. We, whether it's intentional or unintentional, the um, way that kind of we go through our education system with careers in mind and schooling in mind, for some reason, it just seems that that money side of things tends to be at the top of the list for most people early in their careers. And then they either hit that monetary mark that they set and realize that fulfillment doesn't come from that or something happens along the way to make them realize that they need to pivot. Um, it seems like that money part is always the starting point for people though. And I, it's interesting to, to wonder why that's the case. Sure. Sure. So as far as success is concerned, um, I love that, one of the things that you talked about earlier today was kind of this, okay, we accomplished this. Now what's next? Because it's so many times we get stuck on these ideas of success. And then we kind of get on this hamster wheel, like just going around in circles and the idea of being able to celebrate our accomplishments, but also wonder what's next is like this perfect balance of kind of gratitude and aspiration how do you in your life make sure that you're always reaching for something better while accepting and being content and being grateful with what you have at the same time? <laughs> My wife and I have these conversations so many times of what that <laughs> perfect balance is because I think that's so true. We have to have gratitude. We have to be able to celebrate these successes that we've had. We've also got to continue reaching for more and more success. And, and when I say success, it's for me, again, it's, how can we impact more people? And when we first started out, we wanted to build a model that was different, that was focused on the hope and focused on the vision for our Lincoln's future. And we wanted to serve families here in central Indiana, where we are in Indianapolis and, and Carmel. But as we started realizing how much need there was across the country, we started expanding and saying, how can we impact more and more people uh, so that we can allow other people to have hope for the future? And so we now serve families in all 50 states and we're a company and an organization that serves families no matter where they are and we've built a platform. So we don't know what the future is going to be, but we're never, we're never content because we always know that there's more that we can do for other families. Yeah, I love that. Uh, somebody mentioned something on Facebook today that really got my wheels turning on this area of the idea of being complacent and content and the idea of being happy. And so I'm going to throw this question out to you as far as happiness is concerned. And you have this really unique 
perception because of the individuals that you work with. So when it comes to happiness in relation to content and complacency, how do you weigh those two? Oh boy, that's a, that's a great question. I think it goes, finding happiness in what you're doing, it's, it, it goes back to that sweet spot that I mentioned that I believe that I always try to make sure that I'm in my sweet spot. And if I feel like I'm out of balance, it's time for me to really reevaluate some things. But it's, where's my passion? Where do I feel like my mission for life is? And then what is my profession or what is my vocation? And finding that sweet spot really uh, brings fulfillment and brings happiness in, in what I'm doing. So I'm not sure if I answered your question exactly, but it's such a balance and combination of so many things and finding that perfect harmony in the moment and, and being okay with knowing that it's going to change over time, I think is, is important and having that flexibility and adapting as, as life changes. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I don't know that there is actually an answer to that question. So it's kind of an unfair one, but I think that what you, what you said brings out the point that I think everybody needs to look at. And that's that there is no one right answer. Like everybody says, go find happiness and you'll be good. Go find success. You'll be good. Go by, find fulfillment and you'll be good. But you don't always have those things. Like I don't always feel successful. I don't always feel fulfilled in what I'm doing from day to day. But overall, as an overreaching thing, there's this big fulfillment, but there's ups and downs that you have to navigate. And if we lived our life on this idea that like we had to have this happiness and this high all the time, we would um, never actually accomplish anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's the ebbs and flows of life that makes it exciting. Also makes it <laughs> very challenging. Uh, I've, I've been blessed to have been able to have mentored um, quite a few younger people throughout my career and in helping, you know, ask good questions, help guide them through their journey. But I always start with, you got to find yourself. You got to understand really what makes you tick, where your passions lie and find yourself. And that's one thing we might get into a, a whole different conversation, might be another conversation, but I think our education system doesn't allow us to think for ourselves and really find ourselves. We need to create our own journey versus being molded into what we think the world expects of us. I think that that's about 10 podcasts like yeah, exactly. in order to get into that. I definitely agree with you. And the hard thing about the education conversation is there's so many different things in play. You know, obviously you have, we want to make sure that people are educated to be able to go on and live their life. But I also want to make sure that people have the knowledge that they need to go on and live the life that they want. And I don't know what the fix is for our education system, but I definitely agree with you that there are, um, there are some issues with it in the fact that it doesn't allow you to really understand what you want to do. And one of the biggest things that I always talk about in this reference is the fact that we don't talk about success and fulfillment early enough in people's lives. It tends to be something that people find later on down the road when they're not happy with what they thought that they were going to do. Sure. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't know how to, and, and the other side of that is if we started having a conversation with like, you know, a, a freshman in high school about success and fulfillment, would they even listen to us? Because most people that are um, freshmen in high school don't really care about fulfillment. They just, sure. um, you know, want to make it through the day and, and go outside and play and, and do what they're supposed to do. So there's got to be a fix for it. I don't know what it is, but sure. there's got to be a fix for it. So, you know, I found the younger, 
you know, millennial generation, I think it's very important for them to, to impact the world. That word um, impactful really, I think, started with that millennial generation. But I think they're on the right track of we want to do something purposeful and finding that journey. They're kind of that new generation is trying to find that unique balance of, of everything. So it's, it's, it's kind of exciting to watch. It is. There was a graphical representation from some historical um, science foundation, whatever. Um, I'm struggling with words right now. Um, but they had shown how there's three types of generations and we just go around in circles. So there's like an adapting generation. There's a generation that is like forward thinking. And then there's like a recovery generation. Um, and they went through the times in history to show where each generation fell. And it was just like this circle, like we're constantly just going around. And the millennials really do fall in that forward thinking, impactful generation. What I think is really interesting about that though, is in the beginning, at least how much slack they got, like they got called lazy. They got called that they didn't want to have the American dream of owning a house because experiences were more important than, you know, having physical things. And so I think that that's so important too, to realize that not everybody's going to understand your vision and that you need to go live it anyways. Absolutely. 100%. It goes back to the expectations that our world puts on what success looks like. Is it a a big house and a four-car garage and a huge 401k? Not that those things are bad, right? But it comes down to purpose. comes down to making a difference in this world that we're, we're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. And having that conversation of what level of lifestyle you want to be able to have. Because I have a really good friend of mine that went to Australia maybe three years ago for a summer and she's never come back. She's still over there. And she, her and her now fiance bought a van and they live out of their van and they travel Australia. And, you know, if you tell somebody, I'm going to sell my house, I'm going to live out of a van. Normally they're like, why would you want to be a homeless person? <laughs> but then you add in like this foreign element. I'm going to go explore a foreign country and live in a van. And all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, that might be kind of cool. So <laughs> it's so interesting how that perception changes, but she's happier than she's ever been. So it's, just a question of what what um, level of lifestyle do you want to have sure absolutely it's all about perception you're right um, so let me ask you we've talked about success we've talked about fulfillment we've talked a little bit about comfort zone as far as what you deal with in the comfort zone and fear area when you have parents come to you and you're planning you know everybody's protective of their kids but do you find that the parents that you work with are more protective and are more afraid of watching their children fail because of what they've been told or is that not an accurate statement no, I would say that's that's very accurate. Every family wants to provide so many amazing opportunities for their loved ones, but they also see the world that we live in and want to protect them as much as they can. And so there is a unique balance of that. And I think I can bring that unique perspective to these conversations when we're talking to a, a family about planning for their loved one's future, because as a older sibling, a proud older sibling, there's times that I see that I am pushing Sarah beyond where I believe mom and dad would. And my youngest sister, Grace, and I have these conversations a lot of how much she is actually um, so incredibly capable of of doing and and accomplishing in her life. And a lot of times it takes my sister, Grace, and I to go to our parents and say, 
she could do this if we could provide these opportunities what could the future look like and my parents are definitely on board and they love these big brainstorming conversations but sometimes it takes a outside perspective of not being the protective parent of saying if we pushed a little harder and allowed these boundaries to move and allowed her to maybe be uncomfortable in certain situations what kind of opportunities and abilities would blossom from that yeah, I think that that's super powerful. So when you're dealing with your clients and you're making their plan and you're helping with them, them with their plan, how, and this might be an individualized conversation, but how forceful are you on trying to push them out of their belief of what's possible for their kid? It depends on the family. I yeah. always ask for permission to uh, be very blunt if I'm going <laughs> to go down that route because it's sometimes delicate. And um some families are, it takes a little bit of nudging. Uh, other families are, are seeking that push. And so it just depends on the family that I'm working with. And I very quickly can get a good sense of what type of family I'm looking for, working with and how I can, can help push those boundaries, whether it's gentle or whether it's uh, a strong suggestion. <laughs> yes, I love it. I have a friend in the accounting space that deals with people who are, I mean, when it comes to finances, people are always stuck in their ways of what they think is possible with their finances. And she calls it the slap and tickle. She's like, I'm going to slap you and then I'm going to tell you why it's okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> sometimes you got to get out of, you got to get out of your own way and that's not comfortable and that's not easy. And I think that it's so powerful that people like you with, with this mindset piece that sees the options and the opportunities for individuals are there to guide these parents because otherwise you get stuck in this rut and we can't get out of our own way without somebody's help. And sometimes it takes a big push to make that happen. Sure. It does. Yeah. Like, are, I can't tell you how many times I've said to somebody, I'm really pissed that you said that to me, but now, now I'm thankful. Like, thank <laughs> you for being a jerk to me. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need most times in our life. Somebody to bring the outside perspective, but really, really push you and be that jerk. Right. And it's so amazing because when, when I'm dealing with my clients and I'm sure that you can relate to this as well, when we're starting to talk about something and they say, oh, it's okay. We don't need to talk about that. No, that's exactly what we need to talk about. If you're trying to say that we don't need to talk about it, that's exactly where we need to be right now. Exactly. Um, I, so I absolutely love, like I said, what you do. And you've talked about so much of the fulfillment that you get out of it from helping people. From the kids that you work with, do you help them find placements? Do you have people that work with you as far as actually helping them with career opportunities or is it only the, the actual planning and then the parents kind of have other people sure. that they work with for that? Good, good question. We know it's going to take a team approach. We know that we need organizations and services and individuals surrounding our families so that we can reach this level of, of success and reach this good life that we're trying to plan for, for our loved ones. And so our team surrounds the family and makes sure that the support services are in place and making sure that the, the organizations are in place so that, that their child can have opportunities. So again, planning goes much beyond just the financial and legal planning standpoint, in my opinion. And that was one of the biggest pieces is creating a resource plan for families so that they weren't going about this alone. We were making sure that they had the support and they had the, uh, the opportunities to continually allow their child to, to develop their abilities. I love it. So on the area of comfort zones really quickly, I'm a huge believer that comfort zones constantly expand, but they never break. So no matter how much you do, there's always going to be something else that makes you uncomfortable. 
with that in mind, the more that we do, the, the bigger this comfort zone becomes and the easier it is for us to stay in it and look like we're actually advancing. So for you, how do you make sure that you're constantly pushing yourself to do something new and a challenging and maybe a little bit scary on a regular basis? That's a great question. I think it comes down to doing something every single day or having that conscious effort to try to do something every day that scares you a little bit. And, and if you do that little by little by little and just pushing that comfort zone a little bit over a course of the year, your boundaries have just increased so much, but just it's, take having that courage, I believe to move that needle just a little bit. And every time you do it, it's still scary, but you remember back to that first time you really stepped outside your comfort zone and how incredibly scary that was. But then looking back and saying, but that provided so many opportunities for growth, personal growth for me. And now pushing those boundaries, even though they're still uncomfortable and scary, I know the reward of what's coming from me feeling like I've just grown personally from it. Yeah, I love it. All right. So before we start to wrap everything up here, if you could stand on one platform, if you could get one message out to the world and everybody would hear it, what do you wish that everybody could, could take into their lives to propel them forward? What, what's kind of your mission statement? Uh, my mission statement is everybody has the ability to impact the lives of others. And whether we're talking you know, about you or me or my sister, Sarah, who has Down syndrome, whoever it is, everybody can make a difference in this world. And that to me is what brings true fulfillment to each of our lives. I love it. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And before we wrap up, I would love to do a quick random round, let everybody get to know you a little bit, if you're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. What profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt? Oh, good question. I love, I love people. I love building relationships with families and finding solutions. And I've always thought that getting into real estate, being a realtor, of just helping families understand what exactly they're looking for, for a, a dream home or whatever it might be, and helping find those solutions would be fun. Just because it's the relationship aspect of that that I would find fulfilling. I love it. I love it. That's really cool. Um, and it's cool to think of real estate from that aspect instead of the selling and buying aspect. Sure. So that's really cool. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? <laughs> I think going, I don't know, the seventies era fascinates me. And I think it's maybe the Hollywood versions of the seventies that fascinates me, but I just feel like that was an era of just carefree, finding your journey, finding your path in life that I think is kind of, it's, it's really interesting and fascinating. And we mentioned the millennial generation. I think we're, the pendulum is swinging back to people are now excited about finding their own journey and not fitting a mold. So I'd love to go back to the seventies and see how close we actually are to, to, to being there. Yeah, that'd be, that's an interesting point for sure. Um, do you have a quality or personality trait or skill, superpower, something like that, that you think has been most helpful to getting you through your life? I'm a, I'm a unique combination, I believe, of a, I'm right on the border of an introvert and extrovert. And I think that really plays into my benefit because I get energy from being around people, but I also get energy from being alone and being inside my own thoughts and being reflective of what's going on. And so depending on my day and depending on the, the, the day and what I've had, if I take a, an Enneagram test, 
you know, I'm going to score very differently based on what that is. Sometimes I'm an expert, sometimes I'm an introvert. And so I didn't understand that about myself until I started doing a lot of self-discovery and trying to understand why I feel the way I feel and why I do the things I do. But I think that's one interesting thing about my personality. I'm, I can hover between both introvert and extrovert. I love that you mentioned that because I feel like so many people get stuck on what an introvert or extrovert really is and they misunderstand. They think that if you like people, then you're an extrovert. And if you don't like people, you're an introvert. But you just mentioned where you get your energy from. And that's the true definition. And it's just where people can be an introvert and a people person at the same time. And I think that that conflicts with so many people. So I think that's super powerful. Sure. Yep. Um, as far as content, do you prefer um, books, audiobooks, um, podcasts? How do you consume your information? Uh, it depends on what it is. I'm very visual. And so I love ha- having a book in my hands because I like seeing the words. And I love being able to write in my journal while I'm reading a book. And so just the visualization of seeing my handwritten notes and my thoughts of what I'm reading and but also reading the book is is very important. I haven't gotten into the Kindle and or the iPad books or um, or audio books. I listen to podcasts a lot, but that's usually what I'm driving. Cool. Um, what book do you think you've recommended to people the most? Probably um, there's there's two books that come to mind. One I was gifted a long time ago by an attorney here at Ice Miller, um, Michael Wookmer. He gave me the book Relentless by Tim Brover. So Have you read good. It? Yes. I just finished it like two months ago. So good. Yeah. It's, it's great. Just understanding the mentality and the mindset of people who are just so successful and relentless to, to achieving what they've set out to do. And it's a great book. And I've probably given that book away the most after I was uh, gifted. I bought so many copies of that and given it away. Yeah. That's such a powerful book. And I actually unintentionally, um, read it right after Kobe passed away. And so it was this really weird combination of like knowing Kobe as a player and hearing him talked about as this amazing person. And then also seeing the memorials to him at the same time. It was really weird, but I definitely agree with you. And one of the things that I love so much about what he talks about, um, especially one of the things that you just mentioned is that we're all born with this clean slate and that it's the world that tells us what we can and cannot do. Like we're all born relentless and then we figure out a way to mess that up somewhere throughout our lives. So, so I love that so much. As far as music, I'm a huge music nerd. So I have to ask what song motivates you? Do you have like a pump up song that gets you going in the mornings? Anything by Dave Matthews. And it it doesn't matter the mood. I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan. Um, I love his lyrics. I love how, if you really look into them, how deep they are, it's just, it's just masterful at, at creating a song and lyrics. Um, but I can be in a great mood or I can be needing to wind down for the day or needing a pump me up music uh, or pump me up song. And Dave Matthews will, will do that for me. I've lost count of how many times I've seen him live, but it's probably well over 40. Love it. That's amazing. Yeah. I love live music. That's one of the most important things that's going to come back to Vegas here soon. I hope is live music. Cause I'm going crazy without it. Um, so if people want to, connect with you, follow up on the interview, learn more about what you do, or just connect um, because you're an awesome person. Where's the best place for them to reach you? Uh, Our website is enablespecialneedsplanning.com, or you can do enable and shorten it, enablesnp.com. And 
on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, and um, even TikTok, we are Enable SNP. Awesome. TikTok. I haven't really adopted that platform yet. Um, it's interesting, it <laughs> man. Like I keep watching people and I'm like, you are way more creative than I am. Um, well, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate the conversation. And I think again, what you do is so powerful. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.